on June 30th, 2014, at around 4 a.m. in Newcastle, Delaware, 33-year-old Nefertiri Trader was abducted from her front porch after what looked to be a late-night, early-morning drive to a nearby 7-Eleven. On this early morning, her neighbor heard commotion outside, looked out of his window, and saw Nefertiri getting dragged to her car, and did nothing. Nefertiri Trader was never seen or heard from again. This is the Missing Found Podcast. Before we get into the case, I have a few details to share about the show. The Missing Found is a true crime podcast focusing mainly on unsolved missing person cases in the Black community. The cases that I cover have either gone cold, have little to no media coverage, or have gone without conclusion. You can follow the show on Instagram at The Missing Found. I also would like to mention that we're working on our website for more information, case photos, contact information, and submit case suggestions on missing persons. For now, you can email us at themissingfoundpodcast at gmail.com. This is case episode one, the disappearance of Nefertiri Trader. Home is where the heart is. Home is the one place that we should feel safe. We should be able to enter and exit without having to be in fear of being watched or ambushed. No matter the time or day, we should have that safety assurance. And as you know, this is just not the case. And it wasn't the case for Nefertiri. Today we're discussing the mysterious abduction of 33-year-old Nefertiri Trader. Nefertiri went missing in Newcastle, Delaware from the Saddlebrook subdivision that sits right off of Christiana Road in Route 273. Now there are not a lot of details surrounding her case, conflicting accounts on what happened that morning, which leaves us with questions and questions that would develop a fresh conversation and outlook of Nefertiri's abduction. We will examine all public information as well as discuss some important elements in the case that have not been touched on. It is vital that we get Nefertiri's case out to bring exposure and positive closure for her family with direction to bring Nefertiri home. This case will be structured a little different than our normal format because of the lack of details. Instead of going into the facts of the case, we will discuss some strong elements that will leave you with a new outlook and an alternative theory. So who was Nefertiri Trader? Nefertiri Trader was born on February 21, 1981 in Delaware. Nefi, a nickname that her friends and family gave her, is a mom of three and the oldest of her siblings. Throughout this case analysis, I will refer to Nefertiri by her name, and by her nickname. Nephi was described by her cousin, William Trader, as, quote, an outgoing person. She is real fun to be around, and if you don't like her, you will love to not like her. She is a real good person, end quote. Nefertiri, according to her mother, Denise, and other friends and family, says she is very outgoing, considered to be a people person, lived life to the fullest, and was very well known in her area. For employment, Nephi worked as a housekeeper at Christiana Hospital in Newark, Delaware, and was working her way up to be promoted to patient transport at the hospital. She lived in Newcastle, Delaware, in the Saddlebrook subdivision on Freedom Trail. Nefertiri and Denise had a great mother-daughter relationship and spoke on the phone daily. 
Denise made sure to speak with her children every day, and anything outside of that was atypical. There was a time even when Denise was staying with Nefertiri a few years. At the time of her abduction, Nephi was out on medical leave from her job at Christiana Hospital due to a medical procedure that she was getting done. It is currently not known what procedure she had or was scheduled to have. The case details. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary. On the evening of June 29, 2014, Nephi took her cousin William Trader, who was staying with her and her three children at the time, to work. As William shares with 6ABC, just hours before she drove him to work, they all were just relaxing at home. Once she returned, the BET Awards aired, or was airing. Just like usual, Nephi and her mom spoke on the phone about the award show to recap and share the best moments. Denise recalls the phone call being normal and nothing out of the ordinary stuck out to her. On this evening, it was Nefertiri, her 70-year-old son, and her younger daughter in her home. It is not known where her third child was on this evening, what was supposed to be a quick run. The account of events from this point on are not factual, and only from a witness standpoint. The account of events from this point on are not factual, and only from a witness's viewpoint. In the early morning on June 30th, 2014, estimated to be a little after 3.30 a.m., while her two children slept, Nefertiri went to a local 7-Eleven store at 273 Airport Road, which is a seven-minute drive away from her home in Saddlebrook. Nephi walked into the 7-Eleven, purchased her items, and left. She then arrived home, exited her silver 2000 Acura RL with Delaware license plate number 404893 and walked towards her front door to enter into her home. Unfortunately, she never made it inside. Nephi was the victim of an ambush and abduction. She was dragged and thrown into the back seat of her vehicle, the 7-Eleven. Now, there was no surveillance footage of Nefertiri walking in, driving to, or driving away from the 7-Eleven that was ever publicly released. But Newcastle Police Department have confirmed that Nefertiri did, in fact, go into the 7-Eleven wearing a pink sweatsuit and made a purchase. It has not been publicly confirmed that she was even driving her vehicle or if she was riding with someone. It is confirmed that Nefertiri purchased one pack of Newport cigarettes, two cups of coffee, and one loaf of bread from the 7-Eleven. The store clerk had told the Newcastle Police Department that Nephi was a regular customer who stopped by almost daily and mostly in the evening. He said it was quite unusual to see her that early in the morning. The layout of the Saddlebrook community. Before we go further into detail about her disappearance, I want to give a visual detail of her subdivision, Saddlebrook. Saddlebrook is a small community that sits off of Christiana Road, Route 273, and is one way in and one way out. This means that there is no other street that intersects or allows you to exit out of the community. The same way you enter is the same way you exit. The subdivision resembles a square where the homes all sit on Freedom Trail, and there is an open field in the middle. The community features duplex-style homes where it's not much opportunity for privacy because the homes are not far apart, and rather close. In order to leave out of Saddlebrook, 
you would have to make a right to get onto Christiana Road, which is the main road to go right or bear off to the left. I've included a visual so that you can see the Saddlebrook community that the red arrow is pointing to. Then to exit Freedom Trail, you will be placed on Christiana Road. Faulty Witness Account It is believed that Nephi returned home a few minutes before 4 a.m. According to a witness account, her neighbor, Joe Robinson, heard noise, which prompted him to get up and look out of his upper-level bedroom window, saw an unknown man who was wearing a black hoodie and tan shorts, dragging Nefertiri and placing her in the backseat of her own vehicle. It is not clear if she was conscious or unconscious at this time, and if she was placed into the backseat or forcibly thrown into the backseat. The neighbor who witnessed this ambush said that he did not call the police because he assumed she was ill and the person was taking Nefertiri to the hospital. He also claimed that there is always activity going on at her home. I should also note that this neighbor, Joe Robinson, has made several statements where his account of events that early morning has changed. We will go into my reasoning on this later into the analysis. I have also included the interview, just so you can hear a little bit of Joe's statement. Neighbor Joe Robinson happened to see it, but explains, given previous incidents at that location, he was not sure what was transpiring. Maybe someone was ill. I heard a noise, I looked out the window, and I seen a guy dragging her out the house and took her and put her in a car. I don't know what happened. Maybe he was taken to the hospital. When I came downstairs, the car was gone. It has been determined that she did not make it into her home, but did manage to exit her vehicle successfully and walk to or near her front porch, and that is when the ambush and abduction occurred. During the time of the abduction, a report from 6ABC, according to William Trader, Nefertiri's 17-year-old son, who was present in the home, had told him that he heard some commotion downstairs in the house. However, when he ventured downstairs to investigate, no one was there. So I'm assuming that the noise that her son heard, he thought it was coming from inside of the house and did not think it was out front. And once the noise ceased, Nephew was already abducted. We have to remember that it's around 4 a.m. And if you've been asleep, you may be a little delayed or misjudged the noise location. Later on June 30th, Denise had called Nephi, as she normally does but could not reach her after numerous attempts. Her phone was powered off. She assumed that her daughter had went back to work sooner than scheduled since she was on medical leave. While concerned, assuming Nefertiri went back to work sooner, she waited until her daughter would typically get home from work to call her, which was around 4.30 p.m., but still could not get in touch with Nefertiri. Now, it is not clear if Nefertiri's cousin, William, was already home after getting off from work or if Denise had asked him to go over to the house. I've heard different accounts. Upon arriving, he was dismayed at the scene he saw. Nefertiri Trader's cousin, William Trader, who lives here with Nefertiri and her two teenage children, says he knew something was wrong when she went out early Monday morning for some groceries, but never came back inside the house. The whole thing that threw me off when I got off, it was a loaf of bread on the floor, on the ground, and uh, her shoes and a pack of cigarettes it was on the porch. And she, that's just not her. She had called you like, all right, did I leave some cigarettes here or anything like that? And she didn't call nobody. Her phone was off. Denise had then arrived, 
called the police, which she said took them more than two hours to arrive. The scene. On the porch, there was a pack of Newport cigarettes and an unopened condom that sat on a porch chair, two cups of coffee, and Nefertiri's flip-flops that were one right next to the other at her front door. In the front lawn, there was a smashed loaf of bread that appeared it had been stepped on. The scene looked as if there was a scuffle. Her daughter's car was not present. Denise frantically called her other daughter, Nefertiri's sister, who lived in the vicinity to come to her house. With police present, the family and law enforcement started canvassing the neighborhood. They then reached the neighbor's door, who was a witness to the attack, Joe Robinson. And he recounted his version of events from that morning. Another neighbor who had a camera on the front of their home said that their camera was not turned on that night. Had this camera been turned on, it could have shown Nefertiri's abduction. This caused a delay in finding Nefertiri since law enforcement was not aware she was missing until over 12 hours later after the abduction. Verizon store caught Nefertiri's vehicle on surveillance. After further investigation from the Newcastle Police Department, there was a sighting from a Verizon store that had surveillance footage of Nefertiri's car on the road around the time after her abduction. But from public knowledge, there is nothing that states who was driving her vehicle, male or female, if there were other people in the vehicle, or if any details were visible in the footage. The Verizon store is not far from Nefertiri's home. After that sighting, Nefertiri nor her silver 2000 Acura RL were never seen from again. Gold Alert for Nefertiri Trader A gold alert was issued for Nefertiri Trader in Delaware. In Delaware, a gold alert is when a law enforcement agency receives notice that a senior citizen, a suicidal person, or a person with a disability is missing. The agency shall solicit information from the missing person's family or legal guardian to provide information regarding the missing person's physical or mental condition, or both. I believe a gold alert was issued for Nefertiri because she was on medical leave. As previously stated, we don't know what type of procedure or what medical issue Nefertiri had at that time. At least it's not publicly known. Multiple statements from a witness. Joe Robinson, the neighbor and witness who had made his initial report, according to reports, stated that he was awakened from a loud noise and he witnessed a man that dragged Nefertiri into the backseat of her vehicle, then left. Robinson said that drug dealing, specifically cocaine, was going on at Nefertiri's house. Denise, Nefertiri's mother, denied this claim because she said that she had once lived there with her daughter and her three grandchildren, and no such activity went on. There is no type of known drug dealing done, nor any public report stating so from her address in Saddlebrook. Another publicly released statement recap of Robinson has stated that he just so happened to be woke at 4 a.m., saw Nefertiri's porch light turn on, he looked out of his second-story bedroom window, saw her speaking with someone, a male or female, and saw her get dragged into her car. He then said he walked downstairs, and by the time the car had left, first, Robinson said that he was awakened by a loud noise, and then next he stated that he was already woke, saw her porch light on, and that is what prompted him to look out of his bedroom window. Weeks after her disappearance, it was said that Nefertiri's phone had been powered on, then powered off. 
Law enforcement cannot confirm or deny whether this rumor is true or false. If this is true, that meant someone was or is in possession of her phone and did not dispose of it, even after the media attention for Nefertiri's whereabouts and for her return. One would think to get rid of the phone or dispose of it. However, that is not the case here. I wonder, does the person keeping her phone have a reason to keep her phone? Could there be information on it that would lead to her abduction and disappearance? Or why? Case theories and exploring all angles. When it comes to theories in the abduction of Nefertiri Trader, there are a few, but I don't see many. Due to the lack of details surrounding her case without any potential persons of interest that we could find, we just can't find much, if any, of that online. We've scoured several articles, discussion feeds, and there really isn't many theories on her case, except two. One theory I did find is that Nefertiri was followed home and that she may have walked to the 7-Eleven. Another was that she was targeted as a victim of sexual assault. Theory one, Nefertiri was followed home. I highly doubt that Nefertiri was followed home. I say this because though there is no confirmation that she actually drove to the 7-Eleven or even drove her vehicle, we can assume she drove and did not walk at around 3.30-3.55 a.m. I say this only because walking into the night is dangerous and I think she would have known that at that hour, unless she was comfortable with doing so. I've also included a map to show the distance from her home to the now-defunct 7-Eleven. Though it is only a seven-minute drive, the walk would be rather long, and the route is surrounded by an abundance of trees, making this walk very dark. Walking would have taken her longer, opposed to just getting in the car and driving. However, I cannot confirm if she drove herself by herself, nor if she was picked up and driven to the 7-Eleven. The witness, Joe Robinson, did not report seeing any other vehicle or vehicles in the vicinity at the time of her abduction, which would mean the person was most likely on foot. A person would not typically follow someone on foot versus a vehicle when the person who was being followed is in a vehicle. I do think the theory of Nefertiri being followed is unlikely. However, it could be possible if there was another car present, but Joe Robinson, Nefertiri's neighbor and witness did not see one. Another ideology of this theory is if there were two or more people involved and at the scene, a driver and a passenger, and the passenger is who carried out the abduction. This could be achieved by the driver being parked somewhere. The passenger gets out, carries out the abduction, fights to find her car keys, then throws her in the back seat and drives off with her vehicle and with her in it. Then the second vehicle pulls off at the same time or seconds after. Could it have happened like this? All while it's 4 a.m., dark, possible neighbors looking from the window, potential screams and commotion, people being in the victim's home and being caught. Thinking from an abductor's perspective, if there were a car and two or more people involved and present at the scene, why not place her in their car and leave in one car instead of the victim's car? If Joe only saw one person, then who dropped this person off to commit the crime? Or was the person in walking distance to her home, meaning they lived in the area? 
which would then make sense for them to create this grand plan of execution of abducting Nefertiri and obtain the keys to her vehicle just to drive off with her in her vehicle, then things get fuzzy after that. This makes it so it's seemingly a one-person abduction. It's no other identifying car to associate to the crime and no trace. Maybe he caught the bus? You're probably thinking about a bus route. Well, there is a bus route that runs through Delaware 273. The bus is Route 51, which goes from downtown to Christiana Mall, specifically the Target, and vice versa. Nefertiri lived only six minutes from Christiana Mall, so she would be on this route. The bus route in the area starts running at 5.25 a.m. to 9.44 p.m. The schedule that I'm referencing is effective March 20th, 2022. The schedule could have been different in 2014. What I do understand is that no buses were running at that time of Nephi's abduction on that early Monday morning. At the time of the abduction or before when Nephi initially left her home, it would have been a little over an hour later until the bus route started, which still then leaves me in question, how did the abductor get to Nefertiri's home that early morning? Theory 2. Sexual Assault Attempt There was an unopened condom on her porch chair, along with the pack of Newport cigarettes. And I wonder about the unopened condom, because why would the abductor leave this? Wouldn't it have fingerprints on it? Does it signify something? Why was it on the chair as if it were placed there alongside the cigarettes? Or was it an accident? I had considered this being a sexual assault attempt. But if that were the case, the criminal would have waited until she opened the door and stormed his way in to carry out the assault versus putting her in the vehicle and driving off. The perpetrator can only assume that Nefertiri would have put up a fight and risk being caught by neighbors since the neighborhood was relatively small and the homes were attached in a duplex style with the sections being so close together. Specific elements in the case that need answers the placement of Nefertiri into her Acura. While still looking at this case from an angle of an abductor, if you were to kidnap someone, an adult, would you just throw them in the back seat and not fear that the person would attack you from behind while you're driving, cause you to crash and get away? What if she had pepper spray on her, or even a firearm, or a knife? Wouldn't that be a concern for the abductor? Or even simpler, the victim could just unlock the back door and throw themselves out. From there, the victim flees, you have their car, they call the police, and you get caught. This may not have been a concern for the abductor because maybe she was unconscious at the time and he had total control of the situation. This doesn't sound like a random abduction. Now given, Nefertiri's car was parked in her driveway, which is steps away from her front door and porch. I can confidently assume that this person had more strength than her. Nefertiri, at the time, was 5'6 and weighed only 125 pounds. She may have screamed, but because her car was steps away from her porch, it could have been quick and thoughtfully planned. The witness saw one person, but could there have been two and he just didn't see the other? If that were the case, still in question, how did they or this one person arrive to Nefertiri's home? This then segues into my next element of concern for Nefertiri's case. How did they know Nephi was going to be out at that hour? Committing an abduction at that hour, around 4 a.m., 
Seems targeted. The store clerk at 7-Eleven stated that Nefertiri was at his location almost daily and usually in the evenings. It's not specified how late in the evening when she would go to 7-Eleven. It could be after she would get off from work or later in the evening. Who did she tell that she was going to 7-Eleven at that hour? Was she up talking on the phone or texting and mentioned her early morning plans? Or could this really have been a random abduction where someone was about to break in, but she pulled up to her home and plans quickly changed? If this person was attempting to break in, one would think that they have already canvassed her home to know that a male lives there, which is William Trader, as well as her children, and the perfect opportunity would have been when she left out of the house before 4 a.m. This would have made her home easily accessible with her not being home. The Two Coffees While researching, I did find some questions on the two coffees that she purchased. Denise had already confirmed on the Vanish podcast that the coffees were both for Nefertiri and her daughter. Her daughter liked coffee and she would typically buy coffee for them both to enjoy together. I still don't understand why Nefertiri started her day so early at such an odd hour when she could have went later into the morning during daylight. It was the summer, school was out, so the children wouldn't have had to go to school unless they had some summer school or some type of activity since it was a Monday. Maybe she wanted to get a head start to her day and prepare toast and coffee since she purchased the bread. Then it leads to, if Nefertiri was fearing for her life or was scared, would she have left at that hour knowing she had a target on her for whatever reason? If this wasn't random, did she even know that she was a target for someone? Nefertiri's children. We know that two out of the three of her children were present in the home before and during the time of her abduction. Her then 17-year-old son heard commotion downstairs. He went downstairs and there was no one there. He may not have known that it was going on outside. By that time, the abductor may have already fled with Nefertiri in her 2000 Acura RL. It is not clear whether Nefi's children went outside at all that day to notice the scene or if they contacted anyone asking about where their mom was, or even called her cell phone to reach her. I would like to know when did her children know she was not home and if they thought something was odd. I also don't know if they're the ones that found the scene and if they've called their grandmother Denise. This has not been confirmed. So where is Nephi's car? This is a key factor that may hold a lot of answers. We know that the Delaware River is not far from Nephi's home. Could her vehicle be in a water source? Has the Delaware River been checked to see if there's a vehicle present in the water? Her car may have been stripped at the chop shop or sitting in a garage. Now, I believe her car holds a lot of value in this case. And without that element present, there are some unanswered questions. A car is a strong identifying mark. And it's something that just doesn't disappear. But of course, if you want it to. Incorrect witness statement. There is a possibility that Robinson's witness accounts could be totally false or misinterpreted. There very well could have been another vehicle present or even another person that was out of sight, but still in close proximity. I've read where several people think he may have information on who did it, why they did it, and some even said he was responsible. I disagree. If Robinson was involved, 
Would he have even given a statement to the Newcastle Police Department, let alone a public statement to a news outlet that was filmed and aired on Delaware local news? Sure, there have been cases of criminals who get involved with their victims' cases, attend visuals, help in searches, and even make statements. But I don't think this is the case here. This would put a target on Robinson and put himself at risk when he could have just not gave a statement at all and kept quiet. I don't think he's lying, but I do think he has his account of events skewed. This could be because he was either awakened or already awoke and caught off guard. You don't wake up and assume someone is being abducted. Sure, he should have called the police, but he made the assumption that someone was taking Nefertiri to the hospital, which leads me to think perhaps she wasn't dragged, she may have been carried. If the attack appeared violent, you would think to call 911, or if not, you would not think much of it, understandably, like Mr. Joe Robinson. We don't know how his mind perceived the series of events, which he may not have seen the event as a threat, which could mean the abduction was not completely random, and that she may have known the person and taken against her will. We just don't know. Could Nephi had known her abductor and it was a conversation at first? It got violent, then he abducted her. So where's the plastic bag? I haven't seen anyone point this out, though some may think it's minute. Where's the 7-Eleven bag? It hasn't been mentioned or confirmed publicly that Nephew was carrying her items in a bag. She had two cups of hot coffee, a pack of cigarettes, and a loaf of bread. She would have needed a bag to at least carry the bread in so she can safely transport it from the vehicle to her home since she was carrying two cups of coffee. I also could not find anywhere that states the condition of the coffee. It does not appear that it was spilled, which is typical in an off-guard abduction because you would not have time to set hot coffee down in the midst of an attack. It may have been spilled, but I couldn't find that anywhere in my research. If it wasn't spilled... This is very telling. It means Nephi had time and felt comfortable enough to set her cups of coffee down, but it got aggressive enough to where her bread was thrown into the lawn and was stepped on. As for the 7-Eleven bag, where was it? It was June, early morning at 66 degrees between 12 and 6 a.m. with a rising temperature of 85 degrees. I looked up the weather for that day. This confirms that there was no heavy winds rain, or any other weather condition. Could the bag have just blown away? Was the bag used as a weapon to suffocate Nefertiri to make her unconscious so she can get into the car? You know, these are valid questions that law enforcement may not or may have explored. My closing thoughts. The abduction of Nefertiri Trader has always struck me as terrifying and strange, but seemingly easy to solve, right? I understand that a lot of details are being kept close to the case, which is understandable because we want her safe return or at least a case update to know what happened, her whereabouts today, and for her to get full justice. I still find it striking that her car has not been found. I don't know if the Delaware River was ever checked or if there were any other reports on surveillance catching her vehicle other than Verizon. I don't think her car went far because it's a huge risk and a chance she would get caught. Nefertiri's abduction was at or around 4 a.m., which means the sun was going to start rising at around 5-something. Remember, this is summertime in June. This would have allowed one hour to dispose of the vehicle before sunrise.
wherever it is. I also can't help but think why was she out so early? And who would have known she would be out that early? I also can't fathom that someone carried out this abduction on foot and was betting on her car keys. We don't know if the driver sped off in her car or if they drove off at the speed limit. We do know that they made a right out of Saddlebrook onto Christiana Road and kept going, past the Verizon store, and after that, publicly, there has been no update or sightings. Whoever is responsible, cover their tracks well. I also want to note that the Newcastle Police Department has been met with a code of silence. Could people fear speaking or do they hold knowledge of where Nefertiri is or what happened to her? So what do you think happened to Nefertiri Trader? For any information or leads on the abduction of Nefertiri Trader, they should be directed to the Code Case Squad, Detective Brian Shahan, and retired Sergeant Glenn Davis. I will include their contact information in the show notes. There is also currently an award for $30,000. So that's $20,000 from the FBI and $10,000 from the Newcastle Police Department. I want to thank you for your viewership of Nefertiri's case. I ask you to please share so we can all help bring Nefertiri home to her family. Denise Trader and her family are still in search for her, awaiting her return and looking for any answers on what happened on June 30th, 2014. And so are we. Please be safe, be mindful of your surroundings, and may God bless and keep you all. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. Psalm 37, 23 through 24. That will loosen tongues. That certainly is the hope of the family in this case. We're really be appreciated to the fullest extent to please somebody step forward and tell me where my child is. A mother's tearful plea, her daughter Nefertiri, traitor Nephi to family and friends, was abducted June 30th of last...